Welcome to Face Your Faith with West Kenyon. It is our hope that today's study will encourage you to grow deeply in your relationship with God as we study the Word together. Now let's join West for today's study. Today we are going to take a look at God's will for our lives. And I believe over the years I have been asked this question more often than anything else related to God. But why is this? Well, in my experience, and in far too many cases, it is nothing more than a Christian-sounding way of getting ourselves out of relying on God, paying attention to God, and really using the brain God gave us. It's a way to have God drop something in our lap while we just sit and wait. In other words, we are asking God to be our errand boy. So what is God's will for your life and mine? Do what he tells us to do. That is his will for our lives. No more, no less. And when we do that, as in listen and follow through, things always work out great. Although that should suffice as an answer, it most often in no way satisfies any one of us, and this is why it is the topic of millions of books and just as many messages, including this one. But in this message, I hope to possibly assist in clarifying maybe once and for all what the will of God looks like for everyone who claims to trust him. So let's start off and make sure we know what the word will means. And according to the dictionary, it means in our instance here, an intention, a purpose, a decree. I like that. I think that adds a new depth to this overused Christian word will. But perhaps you said, well, I knew that and that's not a revelation. Well, then I'll ask you this. Do you think about God's will in the definitions we just read? when you are begging God to make his will known in your life? Are you truly going to God and asking him, God, what is your intention for my life? God, what is your purpose for my life? And God, what is your decree for my life? And if we are going to God and asking those things of him directly, just like that, that for sure sounds like we don't know the first thing about the God we claim to have a relationship with, or could it be that we are just living a life of hypocrisy? Because as a believer, our claim to fame is that we do know the purpose and intention God has for us. And if questioned about our knowing or believing this by others, we are generally quick to retaliate with all kinds of scripture verses to back up our claim and knowledge of that fact. And there is our answer as to what God's will is in our life. But I can hear the frustration from a few of you with me at this point and suggesting that's not exactly what this means. When we go and ask God to show us his will, it means that we're trying to do exactly what he wants us to do and not go outside of his plan. We want to make sure we won't be doing something that is maybe just our desires and what we want. So we ask because we want to be absolutely certain it's all about him. And on the surface, that sounds quite warm and fuzzy and very honorably Christian, but in no way, when carefully dissected, does it hold credibility with whatever the believer is to know in advance of asking God what his will is for us in the first place. Again, why is this? Because all of our answers are already right in front of us, in print, in God's word, and there is no need to wonder what God sees as good and right and what God sees as not good and not right as it pertains to his will for us. And I will admit, I am writing this because I have been brutally struggling with what exactly God's will is for me and for Peaks Christian Church. I want to know, I want a sign, I want something tangible from God to let me know I am in his will and whether or not I am truly doing this for him. Maybe someone else should be doing this, and I'm not the right one, and I'm not seeing that and going against God's will. 
All I want is just a hint of confirmation or rejection from God on whether this is the right or wrong thing for me to be pursuing. God, would you please just open or close the door and make it very apparent one way or another. And whatever you say or show, I will gladly do it. I will gladly follow because of anything I have ever done in my life, this is by far the most serious. That's been my moan for weeks now, maybe longer. I'm struggling sleeping at night. I wake up at all hours of the night tossing and turning and begging God to just let me go to sleep and relax so I can stop stressing about it so I can hear him. Did you hear that? That's twisted. Because that very question or demand is already completely out of God's will for me and that of getting stressed out and worrying. So here are the facts for every believer, or at least for me. Everything I am begging and pleading to hear from God, the answers I am wanting, are once again already staring me in the face in writing in his word. Knowing this, why would I be going to God to ask what I already know full well? It is his will for me to continue spreading his word so long as it is done according to his already stated will, which we can find right in Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and spread the gospel. So what's my issue since this is so very clear? I'm afraid. I'm afraid of rejection. I'm afraid this is an impossibility and everyone already knows that but me. But after all my years in ministry, this I know is nothing more than the devil at work and doing everything in his power to persuade me to give up. However, knowing does not mean doing, and that voice of doubt still actively gives the fear of rejection credibility in my life. But this is the reality of how most believers genuinely live their lives most of the time, regularly outside of God's will. So why am I so concerned to live exactly in the middle of God's will on some things and not others? And I am certainly not wrestling at night about not being in his will over these other issues. You see, what I need to be doing is going to God, recognizing that I am not where I need to be with him right out of the gate. And in reality, this whole church thing at this point should be secondary. I'm putting the cart before the horse if I am looking truly at God's will for my life. But I don't go to God that way and ultimately continue spiraling down and I keep asking God for a sign to indicate if what I am doing is the right thing. God, would you please just make it evident? Would you please do that sooner than later so I can move on if it's not what you want? And by the way, God, please make it very apparent. Make the sign big so I can't mistake it for something else. I need something very big here. Just make the sun flicker, do some skywriting, or have someone come up to me on the street and say, I sense you are wanting to start a church and I want to give you the building and the congregation. But none of that's going to happen. And for a number of very good reasons. First off, it won't happen because if it did, I would be so arrogant and proud, as would you. Secondly, it won't happen this way because God is going to use this time to grow me, which I desperately need, and show me that I must work for it and work for it on faith alone and completely trusting his word, nothing more, nothing less, and regardless of what others choose to think or say. And I must learn to ignore the devil. However, there is still a significant component of all this that remains at a very surface level. And that is due to my stubbornness and my wanting things just to fall into place in a very neat and clean way. And so, God, in his sincere love for me, continues to allow me to walk down the really 
rough roads and very lovingly lets me continue to learn things the hard way. I believe it's important to note learning things the hard way is not at all bad, so long as you are truly learning and listening to God as you go through the hard times. What I mean by that, learning the hard way often develops in us a deep passion about what it is we are doing and builds a character of seriousness and perseverance. And this is evident throughout the scriptures. And in many cases, God used many stubborn people to do some pretty awesome work in his name. One addendum to that statement, however, this does not give us the freedom to continue to be stubborn. Who you are by virtue of the character God gave you is one thing. But if we don't allow God to grow that character of ours to maturity, that will surely result in God working some tough love into our lives. But with all of the knowledge I profess to have on these circumstances, somewhere inside of me, my griping and pouting continues in God's ear with still more accusations of how come you are always so quick to get in my face when I'm not doing the right thing and not in your will. But when it comes to sincerely wanting to do nothing more than spread your great and awesome word, you seem quiet. The reality, however, in no way has God ever been silent. In fact, God has been attempting to communicate to me to open the eyes and ears of my heart to what it is he has been attempting to tell me my whole life. And what has God's response been all along? Indeed, it was an answer to one of the questions I have been asking him over and over, and that of, why are you always in my face when I'm not in your will, but when it comes to doing ministry and other things you do want me to be doing, you are quiet. And to that, God says, yes, I do get on your case when you are outside of my will. So shouldn't it be obvious that when I'm not convicting you to change course, I'm happy with what you're doing? But is that fair? Shouldn't God be encouraging me and giving me attaboys all the time when I'm on the right path and serving him and doing what he's calling me to do? Wouldn't it only be fair to lavish me with praise in the same way he pours out discipline? But in reality, that is exactly what he does. He loves us equally to discourage us when we are doing wrong and encourages us when we are doing right. And deep down, I know that's how God treats me, so why doesn't it feel that way so much of the time? Think of it this way. People always vividly remember the bad things, the negative things in life that happen. But we so often and so quickly forget the positive things. Bad memories have a way of sticking to the walls of our minds and hearts far longer and far more vividly than the good. And regrettably, I live in that world of discontentment frequently, forgetting the good and remembering the bad. I regularly blame God for feeling left out and unworthy and everyone else gets the good stuff in life and I don't. Oddly enough, however, I can't recall a single time God has ever discouraged me or taken anything away from me over the past 20 years in ministry. At no time has he withheld an abundance of love and encouragement from more people than I can even remember and that I have worked with in my ministry. Not one time has God hindered my many years providing spiritual counseling and teaching the more than 12,000 men and women at the Salvation Army and the more than 300,000 who are interacting with our online ministry. At no time has God hindered pulling everything together that is needed to form Four Peaks Christian Church. In fact, it's been the extreme opposite. But am I overjoyed, happy, thankful, praising God, and oh so honored that God is even trusting me to do these many things with great success and reward, not half as much as I complain and question God about it? 
And this is the reality God has dropped in my lap as to what I need to see and exactly what his will is for me. And these are the answers that have been there all along. God has not at all been silent and not at all been withholding himself from me. Not one time has God turned his back on me or neglected me, and not one time has God not encouraged me in all I have been doing in his name. My issues, the misery, fits, and begging God to show me his will is nothing more than not listening to him. Again, one more time, how do we know all of this? Because God's will for each of us is in his word. But admittedly still, deep down, there rises up in me a feeling of discontentment and truly not feeling convinced it's this simple. So what more do I want? What am I truly hunting for? What is missing? The real ugly reason? The truth? I've discovered I'm shamefully not half as interested in knowing whether or not I am in the center of God's will as I am wanting to know the outcome of God's will and what I'm doing. The unsettled feeling when things get rough is me not knowing the end result. Bluntly, I want to know if something is going to be worth my time and effort, because if it's not, I will move on and do something else that will succeed, according to my vision, ideas, desire, and understanding. And at least knowing the end result would alleviate the pain and suffering I would otherwise have to go through. So ultimately, I want life easy, straightforward, and on my terms. Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Stubborn, demanding, wanting the answers I want when I want them, impatient, and wanting to know the future. Mind you, writing all of this really does sting. The reality of this is rather hard to face and accept, but I have known all of this for a long time. So why is it taking me so many years to deal with it? Because I am, as I mentioned earlier, stubborn. And truthfully, it appears to be easier to just whine and moan in God's ear than to get up and do what is right and trust God and that he knows what he is doing in all circumstances, even when it gets very rough. Again, I know all of this. I believe all of this is true. I know this is God's will for my life. I don't need to ask him, and I know when I am doing what God desires most of me, it is truly easy, and I do know the outcome and the future of how it will turn out. I already know there is value in the end, and that the value will bring me joy and maturity and peace and bring me closer to God. And I know it is so much easier to just listen than to do it my way. And what more could I want than that? Evidently, and a lot of the time, I want a lot more. And that is the only thing I need to be going to God about, and that of asking for help, the help I need to be on the right path from the get-go. With that in mind, will Four Peaks Christian Church be a success? Who knows? Will Face Your Faith continue to draw more listeners? Who knows? Am I supposed to keep diligently and humbly working on both of these ministries regardless of the negativity that I will face and keep facing as long as I am involved? Yes. Will I know the outcome if I continue to persevere and trust and rely on the answers God has given me as I continue to spread the gospel? Oh, yes. And the outcome will be exactly as God intends it to be, and that's exactly what I need to rely on every second. The outcome is God's, not mine. And that is his will. So let's wrap this up in a nice, neat package. And to do that, let's look at a few verses from God's word and a few passages that tell us exactly what God's will is for every believer. And we'll start with 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. 
What does living in the will of God look like? Using the gifts he has given you and do with them as he requests. No need to ask God to show you what to do. How about Titus 1.8? Live hospitably, be a lover of good, be self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Want to know what God's will is for your life? Live hospitably, be a lover of good, be self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Again, what's not clear about his expectations on us? No need to ask. So I think it's time we stop asking God to show us his will, since after all, he has already made his will, his plans, and expectations very plain to us in just two sentences. Let's not forget Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Those plans, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. What is God's will for your life? Take all he has given you, all he has given you to prosper in your life, all the hope he has filled you with, and the existence on the earth he has given you, and put them to work for him. And exactly as we just read in 1 Peter and Titus and Mark. By the way, don't forget God's plans of prospering you, not harming you, and giving you hope in a future may not at all look like the plans we have set up in our lives or in our way or in our time. So instead of constantly begging God for him to show us his will, let's petition God to help us live out his will that is in front of us and has been in front of us. And let's stop constantly asking God to open and close doors. God has already made it evident as to what doors are to be open and what doors are to remain closed in everyone's life. And with that, let's look at one more passage that will help clarify why when we ask God for certain things, we don't get them, even when we think they are for a noble cause. And that would be from James 4.3, and it says, When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And here I love how the King James Version puts it. You ask and you receive not, because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your lusts. That's potent. That's certainly something to chew on. And how often do we ask knowing full well what we are asking for is not in God's will. And yet we still beg and plead to get it. And often when God denies us, we push ahead regardless and only to end up in the midst of a disaster and no less in the end, blaming God for the outcome. We know the will of God right now. Every one of us, it's all right in front of us. Knowing that, let's keep at the forefront of our minds and hearts that we know full well what is good and what is bad, what is right and what is wrong. And if we are not being pressured by God to stop something and we are using our lives to the best of our abilities according to God's predetermined will for us, keep going and simply ask God for the strength to not turn from it and you will be living in the crosshairs of God's perfect will for you. Let's pray. Gracious Lord and Father, we thank you so much for this time together in your word. We are so grateful that you have clearly shown us your good and perfect will for our lives. We thank you that you have not kept any secrets from us on this and that we do know right from wrong and what you want and what you don't want from us. Lord God, help us to live as you have called us to live and be very satisfied and patient and waiting on you not waiting on things on our time and in our way. Keep us humble and serving others and always living our lives as ambassadors to your kingdom 
and disciplined children and leading by example. Remind us when we grumble and whine and roll around on the ground throwing our tantrums that you are all sufficient and that all we need to do is open our eyes and ears to you. We thank you and love you, and all of this we ask in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.